There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped in Tampa Ranch, Michael Biden. We still don't know who pulled the trigger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon, 27-year veteran. You know, I think a lot of folks, a lot of you folks, especially in the real crime area of watching podcasts, are really excited because tonight is the first night of the show Real PD, under a different name, of course. It's the first night Live PD, which was canceled in 2020, returns July 22nd, which is tonight at 9 p.m. on Reels, R-E-E-L-Z, as called On Patrol Live. With Dan Abrams once again anchoring the real-time series that follows police officers on patrol across America. I mean, amazing, because you could see in real time what is going on and get to feel what real cops are feeling. The fear, the investigation, what they're seeing. You know, when we talk about transparency, almost every cop in the nation now is wearing what's called body-worn video. So they got video above their chest on the left side, above their shield. It's unbelievable. So talk about transparency. This show has become a part of my DNA, and I certainly want a partner who feels the same way, Dan Abrams. 56 told the post reels R E E L Z is really excited about the series. They're committing a lot of their entire network to to the series and are going to put their marketing behind it. Live PD, which premiered in 2016 was axed by A and E and produced a big fish entertainment in June, 2020 in the wake of George Floyd's death, which spurned national outrage over police brutality. At the time, it was A&E's top-rated series and had just received an additional 160-episode order. The long-running series Cops, which aired on Fox for 25 seasons before moving to Spike TV, which then morphed into Paramount Network, was canceled the day before Live PD. It returned to the streaming service Fox Nation for its 33rd season in October 2021. Unbelievable, right? Uh, At the time of Live PD's cancellation, Abrams tweeted that he was shocked and beyond disappointed and vowed uh, more. I was very clear when the show was taken off that I was disappointed in the decision, he said. I understood it, but I felt strongly that the show belonged on the air. There were a number of times where I said on social media that I felt by the end of 2021 the show would be back on the air, but it was really important to find the right partner. We have a lot of people in this community who are into the show and are really invested in it, and we didn't want a short-term commitment. This is a show about being there with the police departments, about being embedded with them, and becoming part of those communities to some degree. Abrams said he anticipates that the show's return will ignite anger in some quarters. Yeah, I would expect there'd be some black backlash, mostly from the people who never have seen the show, he said. And that's okay. Look, policing is controversial. That's the point of the show, to show police doing what they do 
And what they do can be controversial. I'm prepared for the criticism and the producers are prepared for it. But most importantly, people who watch the show regularly are now really excited about this new version. Abrams will be joined in the show's Jersey City studios by his live, live PD host, Sean Sticks Larkin, a retired Tulsa Police Department lieutenant, and by Curtis Wilson, who serves as deputy sheriff in the Richland County, South Carolina Sheriff's Department. Wilson, who appeared on Live PD, is also a news anchor at WOL-TV in Columbia, South Carolina, and is a host on two local radio stations. Original Live PD analyst Tom Morris was asked to return for On Patrol Live, but was unavailable. The timing just didn't work out, uh, Abrams said. So this is a pretty exciting thing for all you folks that uh, are aficionados who are huge fans of, of live PD. I mean, when you think about it, when they talk about transparency and a live PD, this TV show, and the fact that the George Floyd incident knocked this, pretty much knocked this show off the air, it's, to me, it's somewhat incredible that the cancel culture is that powerful that they can have a, a TV show, a hit TV show, knocked off the air for two years. Um, transparency. There's no one that has more um, transparency on them, more of a profession than the police department. The police department is being watched by every type of eye there possibly is, including their own body-worn video, and everyone is watching the police to see what they do. And that happens to be uh, that happens to be a fact. Hot off the presses this morning, it's so many of us have been highly anticipating for two years, the producers of Live PD and I will be back with a new live police show on Friday and Saturday nights. You'll see us with a different name, new network, some changes. But this summer, we're coming back on cable network reels. And as of now, it'll be called On Patrol Live. So first, I wanna say thank you to the Live PD Nation. I know this wait was long, but we needed the right platform to make this show what it should be. You never gave up the faith and neither did I. As many of you know, I've been advocating for the show to return since the day it went off the air. Here on News Nation, I actually had the entire gang from the original show on for a reunion at the end of the program, I got personal. Nothing in my professional career has compared to being a part of Live PD. We became a family. Those of us on the set, the producers, the crews, both in studio and those who are out with the officers. And of course, most importantly, all of you. Together, you, we had something truly special that I had never had in my professional life. I want it back. So rest assured that I will continue to fight the fight as best I can. And I'm gonna bring those sweaters back. For the last two years, my Twitter's been flooded by so many of you demanding that we bring the show back. Well, it's not the same exact show, but we still will be live in multiple departments, watching the work police officers do every day. And the mission will be the same. Again, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you to all of you. We did it. 
And of course, my compadre, retired Tulsa Police Lieutenant Sean Sticks Larkin will be back. There'll be some new components of the show, including having citizens ride along with officers. We'll also feature new departments. Got some cool pictures of me and Sticks there. And remember, Lieutenant Deputy Sheriff Curtis Wilson with the Richland County, South Carolina Sheriff's Department. He'll also be joining us as a full-time commentator on set. Before I bring in Sticks to talk about this, let me say this. Two years ago, when I was upset about the decision to pull the show, sometimes I said things that were viewed as controversial. I was told to, to, to stop by friends or other people. that I was endangering my career by speaking out that police were the bad guys to so many in the media. This isn't the time to make those kinds of comments. So wanting to see how police work is done from the officer's perspective was viewed as, I don't know, was wrong or shameful. Well, now it seems that many have come around and realized, oh, well, we actually need our police. My position has never changed. We needed our police officers then, we need them now, and we need our show. Joining me now is retired Tulsa Police Lieutenant, and yes, the co-host of the upcoming show on Reels, On Patrol Live, Sean Sticks Larkin. Sticks, we're thrilled. We're happy. We Dan, got it. Dan, more than happy, more than happy. Hey, listen, before we jump in this conversation, you just made a, a comment, though, that I have to ask you now. You said that, yes, the sweaters will be back. Yes. Are, you are, are you referring to the Christmas silly sweaters or the tight, snug ones that you wear that we like to give you a hard time no about. i'm talking about the tight snug sweaters they're not they're oh, not quite as tight as your polo shirts but they're but they're definitely the, the tight sweaters are going to be back you know what's funny these guys looking at the the three hosts of this show if they were from new york they'd at least have a little bit of a beer belly all these guys are so svelte and in fact the, the retired lieutenant he goes by sean sticks larkin he's so thin so i'm not believing that these guys are taking time out to drink beer what do you think what do you guys think? Back. I cannot wait, cannot wait, cannot wait. So your reaction to the news? Oh, listen, this has been a long time coming. Uh, obviously, I've been very fortunate to work with you on various projects during the last two years. But this is something that you and I have had conversations about privately. Um, everywhere that I go, both here in Tulsa or out on the road or even out with friends, running into my old co-workers from the police department, Everybody always wanted to know, when is the show coming back? And we have consistently said it. Hey, we believe a show like it, very similar to it, if not the original, will be back. And I am so happy that we're able to talk about it here today. Yep. And you know what? I feel like I feel like I should take off my tie because you know what? You know, on the on oh. the show, it's going to be no tie days. So uh, I'm not wearing a tie. So I'm going to I'm going to just for the sake of this conversation, Take off the tie. Oh, let's go. Relax a little bit. Chill and talk about the new show. Now, <laughs> I've got a polo on. <laughs> what do you? So, what do you think is most important for us to do on this uh, on this new show? What, what's the most important part of the show for you? Hey, listen. You know, uh, the the topic of policing has been an important conversation going on for the last several years now, and I think it is important that people. Uh, are able to sit at home and watch the police profession in action every Friday and Saturday night. Um, they will be able to see police officers from all over the country, what they are dealing with day in and day, uh, day in and day out. 
and you kind of get the full story almost to what the police officers have to deal with on a car stop, on a burglary call, a domestic, and so forth. And I think that is so important right now for the people in our country to see. And, you know, On Patrol Live is the working title. Um, you know. I like it. Do you? All right. I do. All right. I do. All right. I like it. I'm I do totally, like it. I wasn't yeah, totally a- sold on it the first time I heard it. But but if you like it, then I, then I think I can probably live with it. Right, you're into it. Hey, we can call it sticks and sticks and Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dan, Dan and sticks. Or we can right. we can, we can call it uh, sticks. Curtis and the rest of the cops. Um, and, Let's uh, go. And how excited are we that Curtis is joining us? Man, I I am so excited. Obviously, Richland County Sheriff's Department has been a part of that program from the first episode all the way up until the very end. Sheriff Leon Lott, there, uh, a huge supporter. Yeah. of the community seeing what his his deputies do day in and day out. And a lot of the uh, deputies from their agency became fan favorites. Curtis, although he was not on the show out there like Danny Brown, yeah. and, you know, Mastriani and some of these guys like that, uh, he will be someone that they recognize. He has a background in broadcasting, He's absolute perfect. perfect fit. I look forward to working with him. We're back, baby. Tom, We're back. We're yes. back. Can't wait. Let's go. Sticks, thank you. Stick around. We're going to have you in the next segment. Appreciate it. Would you say that uh, these guys are a little bit excited to be coming back? They've been gone for two years. How many TV shows, I'm going to ask you this question, how many TV shows that are hits get canceled? The answer is none, right? None. So here's a hit show that that got canceled. I mean... It's just incredible. Yeah, let's uh, let's cancel this hit show, and they've there's a commitment for 160 new episodes. So they obviously believe that this show is going to be hugely successful. And I mean, you could see Dan Abrams. He's probably he's already delivering the uh, deposited the the residual money in his bank account. Uh, just incredible. I was saying before, you can see how thin all three of these guys are. If they they got these guys from New York City. There's no way they would be that thin, you know. So I'm not believing that they're uh, that they're drinking beer, but they, they look good. They look good, these guys. And there's Dan Abrams, who's as thin as thin as they come. Articulate guy. He's got a law degree. He knows what he's talking about. But just realize also, guys, that this show came from. There they are. There's another photo of the three uh, of the three co-hosts. This show came from the show Cops. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys. So uh, the genre of this real live police show was already established and already established that people love it. You know, they love it. So what, you know, when you think of it, what canceled it? And it was the George Floyd incident. And the national police are the bad guy movement. Um, the national uh, uh, defund the police movement. It got to be like any show about police has to be bad because police are bad, you know. And what's the old expression? Time heals all wounds. So time sort of healed this where now the public is agreeable to allow this show to go on again. Even in the whole, the Hollywood thing, the uh, the genre of police, police film, police movies, police series, 
That was sort of on hold also after the George Floyd incident. Cops were the bad guys. Why we want to tell stories about bad guys, bad people, you know? And it seems like it's loosened up a little bit, uh, but it's still, you know, it's still not totally loosened up. Um, Police are still the bad guys in some way. But, um, you know, I think people are happy that it's coming back. You think of some of these other shows, you know, uh, John Walsh, America's Most Wanted, although it's not called America's Most Wanted. There's such interest in it. The show 48 Hours. I was a homicide sergeant uh, for 10 years, did almost 27 years, 16 in the detective bureau. I love that show first 48 because it shows what I used to do, the work I used to do. And there's a, it's, it's right on. The first 48 is right on. It's not a reality show. It, this is exactly what's happening. I look at cases that they work in. It could be exact, exact same cases that I worked in, a di- but in a different state. Same people, you know. When you look at the first 48 and you see how people will kill someone over nothing. Like, what does life mean when these folks will murder someone over over a dis, a dis, a disrespect? It means so much to you. I'm going to kill, I'm going to make this guy lose his life uh, over a disrespect. And my life means nothing because when they catch me, I'm going to do 25 to life. So not only did I take a life, but I just destroyed my own life because this guy disrespected me. And that's the rule, the law of the hood. Someone disrespects you, you got you to take care of it. You can't let that happen because then the next guy, he'll think he can disrespect you too. Up South Carolina attorney in the deaths of his own family members. Alex Murdoch continues to deny shooting. I'm sorry, guys. I went to the wrong. I was going to go to this at the end. Um, we have uh, more on the Alex Murdoch case um, from South Carolina, and I wanted to show that at the end. But uh, again, I uh, <laughs> here I am, producer, director, star, talent. So you'll understand I can't always be perfect and do everything uh, perfectly. Let me go back to Dan Abrams again. be back with a new live police show on Friday and Saturday nights. You'll see us with a different name, new network, some changes. But this summer, we're coming back on cable network reels. And as of now, it'll be called On Patrol Live. So first, I want to say thank you to the Live PD Nation. I know this wait was long, but we needed the right platform to make this show what it should be. You never gave up the faith. And neither did I. As many of you know, I've been advocating for the show to return since the day it went off the air. Here on News Nation, I actually had the entire gang from the original show on for a reunion. At the end of the program, I got personal. Nothing in my professional career has compared to being a part of Live PD. We became a family. Those of us on the set, the producers, the crews, both in studio and those who are out with the officers. And of of course, most importantly, all of you together, you, we had something truly special that I had never had in my professional life. I want it back. 
So rest assured that I will continue to fight the fight as best I can. And I'm going to bring those sweaters back. For the last two years, my Twitter's been flooded by so many of you demanding that we bring. Do you think Dan Abrams is excited? You think he's he's excited to get this show back on the air? You think he's excited to bring it to your neighborhood, to bring it uh to bring it all over. I mean, I think he's tremendously excited, right? Uh, the wait is over for live PD fans. Reels announced Wednesday that on Patrol Live, the new reality series from live PD producers and host Dan Abrams will launch Friday, July 22nd. That's today, folks. It's tonight. Like its predecessor on Patrol Live, still a working title, will air every Friday night and Saturday from 9 p.m. Till midnight, 9 p.m. till midnight. Hosted by Abrams, former live PD co-host Sean Sticks Larkin and Richland County Deputy Sheriff Curtis Wilson on Patrol Live documents for viewers in real time the everyday work of police officers on patrol from diverse departments across America. Reels said in a statement, the new series will also include what producers are calling Citizen ride-alongs in which local residents from the communities featured on the show will ride with officers and the on-patrol live cameras. A&E canceled Live PD in 2020 in the wake of nationwide protests against police brutality and systemic racism. The cancellation came shortly after the show was criticized for destroying footage of an Austin man who died while in police custody. At the time, A&E issued a statement saying in part, contrary to many correct reports, neither A&E nor the producers of Live PD were asked for the footage or an interview by the investigators from law enforcement or from the district attorney's office. As is the case with all footage taken by Live PD, producers we no longer retain the unaired footage after learning that their investigation had concluded. Fox also canceled Cops in the summer of 2020, though it was revived a year later by the company's streaming service, Fox Nation. So, folks, you know, it's sort of incredible that um, when you talk about um, the power of, of the woke culture, the power of it, uh, like how did how did this very powerful and this hit show get canceled uh, by the woke culture? And that shows you uh, the power. Um, I don't know if anyone watched last night, uh, but there's a comic. His name is Dave Chappelle. And he had a sold-out show. And right before the show, the, the head of the venue canceled it because there were some protests by people from the LGBTQ community about his political incorrectness of his comedy. So I'm very happy that he did not fold like a cheap suit like many other people do. He got on another venue that same night, was sold out and did his act anyway, and even uh, criticized the same people 
that canceled him. That's cancel culture, you know? And we've seen that all in the wakes of um, the riots after George Floyd. Um, we, we've seen it in, in folks destroying statues, uh, statues from the history of our country. You know, you can't change history. So do you just destroy statues that represent that history because it makes you mad? It's the same thing with comedy. Comedy is irreverent by its nature. And you can laugh at things that, you know, other people may find politically incorrect or it's not woke enough, you know. But comedy has to be allowed to do that. It's freedom of speech. And when you, when you go after people's freedom of speech, and don't allow them in an artistic fashion to tell jokes about certain things. Just you deem, whoever you are, you deem that this is off base. And this is largely why a live PD was canceled. You know, the cancel culture canceled it. And it's just, look, let's hope that we get through this, that our country gets away from this and that freedom of speech becomes something that is sacred. And, uh, People fight back. That's what I'm trying to say. Talk to us about uh, how things came to an end on Live PD, um, sure. and and what's what's the hope of the future at all for for a reboot? Um, obviously, you've got a massive fan base of people that are like begging for the show to come back. So how did how did it end? And what where was your connection? And in in you know what did you you know, folks, you could just tell when you watch any of the folks that are on this show that um, no one wanted any part of this show being canceled. I mean, first of all, um, I believe that they're probably making a fortune from this show, a, an ultimate fortune. And they wanted, of course, no part of this show being canceled. But it was canceled, and uh, the folks that now, I'm sure that this guy, Sean Larkin, just retired as a lieutenant, he's got dollar signs in his pupils, you know, and like he should. They were just uh, guaranteed 160 episodes of this show. How amazing is that? 160 episodes, you think... You think that makes them happy? But let's talk about even um, not just cancel culture, but how about defund the police culture? And two years ago, it was a very popular thing. Well, let's defund the police. Now it's blown up in the face of the political left that chose this whole cancel culture, defund the police culture, because the towns and the cities that went with this, let's defund the police, crime is out of control. New York City being one of them. Some folks don't realize um, that New York City, two years ago, defunded the police to the tune of one billion, with a B, B as in boy, defunded the police to the tune of one billion dollars with under that moron mayor, Bill de Blasio. Total jackass and uh, a picture of a donkey, a jackass in the uh, 
and Webster should have his picture. But so they defunded the police to the tune of $1 billion. Now they're paying the piper, they're paying the price, you know. So when you talk about uh, even this show, indirectly def the defund movement and the uh, anti-police movement led to this show being uh, canceled. Phil Leo, Bill, you mentioned Chappelle being jammed for his comedy. Comedy since Lenny Bruce always pushed the proprietary envelope of free speech as it should. The left now wants to ban free speech. Phil Leo, you're preaching to the choir. I 100% agree with you. Do you know many comics now refuse to perform on college campuses because they're being canceled? Canceled by the same people. Aren't young people that are educated, that are going to a college campus, aren't they supposed to be behind freedom of speech, not canceling it? Columbia University in New York City, one of the most expensive colleges in the nation, canceled the comic, actually had his microphone shut off during his performance. I don't have his name at the tip of my tongue. During a performance and told him he could just leave, they'd pay him. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I don't think the canceling freedom of speech, an example of it, could be any worse than that, you know? Um, but notice that the biggest, the bigger or biggest comics, they they won't bow down to it. The Bill Burrs. Bill Burr is so big, so powerful, he's not gonna take it, and he's not gonna be shut down by this woke cancel culture. So this, the same thing can't be said about every comic because some of them do not have that power to stand up, um, to stand up to the folks that would be canceling them. But the same thing is true here with this show. Because of alleged police brutality, they're going to cancel this national TV show. Marilyn Mineta, look, I'm just going to say it's people of color going to be on a TV cop show, do the crime, pay the price. Caucasians also get exposed. It doesn't matter your color. Well, you know something? The show is not specifically about race. It's about police work, responding in progress to crimes, to show what cops go through, what is on their mind when they respond to, um, to certain jobs, the fears they have, to show them as human beings. These are the things that people want to see uh, when they watch a show. And why is this, you ever ask, why is this show so popular? Uh, you got to ask that question. Uh, why is it so popular? Why do people like it across the country? Um, try, I'm trying to r just run, uh, get something here. Why is this show so popular across the nation? I mean, so was, um, so was Cops. And is this show really any different than Cops? Uh, this was Dan Abrams when they, when they, when they did cancel the show, uh, back two years ago. And let, let's see what he was saying then. 
as it may differ from what he's saying right now. Or maybe it isn't different. Cops and now A&E has canceled the police reality series Live PD. It's one of the latest cop shows to get pulled from TV as protests continue over the uh, George Floyd death. Dan Abrams is the now former host of Live PD and the founder of the Law and Crime Network. Dan, good afternoon to you. And let's try and work there our way through this. Why was it canceled? Tell us. Well, you know, I'm not certain exactly why. It was obviously due to pressure uh, to cancel the show based on the current environment uh, that we are in. Now, again, I had thought the show would survive. Um, I had thought that we can both support the important protests and calls for change that are going on around this country and say that live PD and transparency amongst police officers and police departments can and should be a part of that. But in the end, uh, the decision was made to end the show. So here's what I appreciated about your show. You, you you detailed for viewers how tough the job is for officers on patrol. And how uncertain it is uh, for officers on patrol. They just don't know what's going to be around the next corner. They don't know what the next call could be. They don't know who's in the car uh, that they're pulling over. But I should say that also part of the show was seeing officers at times do things people didn't approve of. And that's part of transparency. That's part of showing what happens in the life of a police officer. Police officers make mistakes, sometimes worse. And I would think that that's an important part of continuing this effort to say, we need body cams on police officers. And I would have thought uh, we need more things like live PD. OK, a couple more things I want to work through here. Cancel culture, you know, that's active in America today. PC America. Is that the reason why this show was canceled, do you think? I don't know. I, you know, I wasn't part of the discussion. You know, I'm the guy who tweeted out uh, a couple of days ago. Don't worry. The show's not going away um, because I was convinced it wasn't going away. I was being assured that it was uh, it was going to survive. And look. But I also understand that that A&E and some corporate partners under enormous pressure uh, in an environment like this, uh, where uh, people are very critical of of the police. So, you know, I don't know exactly why it happened. Uh, I wasn't part of it, but I'm disappointed. OK, a couple more points I want to raise here. Call for number two, guys. Wall Street Journal. Uh, Dan Henninger earlier today in his piece, The Media Self-Censors. It says in the past week, the editorial page editor of The New York Times, the editor of The Philadelphia Inquirer and the editors of Bon Appetit magazine and the young women's website Refinery29 have been forced out by the staff and owners of their publications for offenses regarded as at odds with the beliefs of the current protests. Are you on that, I guess, are you next on that list then, that Henninger writes about? You know, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think that each of those cases are a little bit different. Um, I've been pretty outspoken um, in my views on the fact that I think that uh, some of these places like the New York Times uh, should be willing, ready, and able to have an op-ed from Tom Cotton. They want to fact check it, okay, but the idea that they, they shouldn't even have uh, his position uh, in the paper to me seems like a mistake. Um, again, my view in general is let people decide for themselves, provide people with more information, provide people with fair information, provide people with opinions, and then they can decide for themselves. And it is true that increasingly 
in this country. We are seeing people isolating on both sides and getting into their bunkers and they don't seem to to want to hear anything from okay. anybody else. Okay. If you're right, then it really extends to this whole conversation that we're having in every street corner in America about uh, about a PC world. Now, th there was an incident that occurred in March of 2019 uh, where an African-American was pursued by officers and apparently your TV crews were there. Uh, it wasn't during a time when you were airing. It was, uh, I guess, off season. I think that's the correct way to phrase it. Um, and apparently your policy on behalf of A&E is to destroy the tapes. Now, there's body cam video that still exists among the police department in Texas that is still out there. Do you believe the destruction of those tapes led to the termination of your show? Yes or no? I think it was part of it. Um, I don't know that it was singularly responsible. But again, I think it's important to put that into to context is that it wasn't just that someone decided to destroy the tapes. They destroyed every single tape after a certain period of time because they did not want to start having to pick sides. They didn't want to have to start saying, well, now law enforcement wants all of our videos to help prosecute people that they're arresting or a defense attorney then saying, I want the video to do this with it. We were there to chronicle what was happening with policing. But I will say that in this incident, even though there is body cam that was available, um, I wish that we had saved that tape. Um, I wish that the policy hadn't been so strict. I wish that there'd been an exception so that we could provide it. I never saw the tape. Um, do, and, do you, uh, do you believe then? Yeah. Do you believe then, Dan? Just have about 30 seconds left. Yeah. It's an important question here. Do you believe A&E did not want to take the chance to put the show back on the air because of this very tender issue that still exists out of Austin, Texas to this day? I, I don't know. I mean, again, all I know is that I, I'm convinced it was part of the issue. And I think that there were a lot of people who were angry and there are a lot of people who have very good reasons to be angry. I just don't know that taking it out on live PD as opposed to the district attorney or the people who were investigating this with the body cam that they had was the right way to go. Dan, thanks for coming on today and we will follow. So folks, that was the precursor to the show being canceled. This is Police Off The Cuff Real Crime Stories. If you like our show, please go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button. It's free. Ring the bell. Give us a thumbs up. If you want to support us, we have a Patreon with three different levels. We also have a YouTube channel memberships, with five different members uh, levels. And uh, you see the folks in the green font. They're part of our YouTube channel members, and you could join. You know, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm sort of flustered about this stuff. And because of, of course, the George Floyd incident and some other incidents throughout the country, police have been demonized. Not just the whole profession of policing has been demonized, resulting in defunding, resulting in uh, different laws being changed. For example, in New York City, the diaphragm law, which prohibits a police officer from putting his knee in the back of a perpetrator in the course of an arrest. And if the officer does do it, he could be charged with an A misdemeanor. Really ill thought of legislation by a really woke city council. Uh, stop, question, and frisk. You see what's happening in New York City now. 
young kids, 14 years old, getting shot to death during the day because stop question and frisk isn't happening out there. So there's other young kids walking around with guns and shooting people during the day. Um, Qualified immunity. That protects police officers. They've decided to sort of do away with qualified immunity. So the diaphragm law, qualified immunity, perhaps the most egregious and the worst bit of legislation in New York City is bail reform, where people committing heinous crimes are getting out the same night just to commit another crime that same day or that same night. Outrageous. I've mentioned this before on other shows. There's one individual who's been arrested five times in the past year for possession of a firearm, and he's walking the streets. Outrageous. I mean, that is outrageous. This whole woke thing of call of decarceration, which means they don't want to put anyone in prison or in jail. So they want to let that person out. Ridiculous. If you're a store owner and you're getting destroyed by people committing petty larcenies, which is stealing property less than a thousand dollars is a petty larceny. But that destroys your whole business. And if there's no prosecution, why would anyone that chooses to steal from you stop? There's no penalty in that. And this is some of the stuff we're talking about. Uh, Gail Salaturi, our country's changing drastically and not in a good way, including bail reform. I agree with you, Bill, 100%. Well, thank you. Uh, there's, well, they want to get rid of three strikes and you're out. You see in, uh, in San Francisco, they recalled the district attorney. Um, whose mother was it was a um, one of the Brinks holdup people that was instrumental in killing two cops in uh, in Rockland County a long time ago during the Brinks stickup. Uh, Bowden, Cheesa Bowden, was the name of the district attorney in San Francisco who was recalled. His mother was one of the participants in that Brinks holdup. And after she got out of prison, Columbia University hired her as a professor. That's what we're dealing with in our woke culture. Columbia University felt that she had um, served her time and uh, she had been punished enough. So they felt it was time to, she's a good example. Let's, let's hire her as a professor to teach young children because um, she paid her dues. And, you know, she's a good example to young woke students. So let's have her teach, um, teach our students. So, folks, I thought I would cover this today. So uh, for those um, asking, it's 9 p.m. tonight. It's on a cable channel called Reels, R-E-E-L-Z. Gail Salatori, thank you for the 499 Super Chat. So I'm going to write it in the chat. That's the name of the cable channel that it's on, and it starts at 9 o'clock. It's on Friday and Saturday nights. And look, it was a hit the last time. Will it be a hit on cable, on a new channel? That remains to be seen. But uh, these police shows are always extremely, extremely popular, and um, we're looking forward to it. I, I'm, you know, I'd be looking forward to it. Um, uh, you know, now, of course, when I look back and I'm, I'm looking for the, the story of, of Alex, um, of um, Alec Murdoch, it's not here right now. So 
I'm going to have to search for it. Uh, but I, I thought that this was a, was a really good story. I know there's a lot of interest um, in, this, in this live PD. And um, I thought I would cover a little bit of it and see what, what you guys felt. Um, let's see. Alex Murdoch. Um, we, of course, know that that story is from South Carolina. Um, Alex Murdoch was a, a millionaire attorney who um, who has been. Uh, let me just see if I can get this. A millionaire attorney who's being charged with all kinds of crimes. It seems like uh, roof is caving in on him, based on many many years of criminal activity. Uh, uh, just 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 outrageous. Um, so. I wanted to play a little bit of this and um, some of the evidence that they uh, that they now have put forth that was for, for a long time wasn't being released, but now it is. So the police have known a lot of things. They've come up with a, many, many heinous crimes that this, this guy has done. Let me play a little bit of this. Road. I need the police to pass us immediately. My wife and child just got badly. Okay, you said 4147 Moselle Road in Arlington? Sorry? You said 4147 Moselle Road in Arlington? Yes, sir. 4147 okay. Moselle Road. Stay on the line with me, okay? Hurry. Yes, sir. Stay on the line with me, okay? Okay. Kind of, kind of communication. Oh. Listen, I have an Alex Murdoch on the line caller from 4147 Moselle Road. He's advising that his wife and child was shot. Okay, and sir, give me the address again. It's 4147 Moselle Road. I've been up to it now. It's bad. Okay. Okay, and are they breathing? No, ma'am. Okay, and you said it's your wife and your son? My wife and my son. Are they in a vehicle? No, ma'am. They're on the ground out at my kennel. Okay, and did you see anyone? Okay, is he breathing at all? No, no one. Is she? Okay, do you see anything? Do you see anyone in the area? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. What color is your house on the outside? What color is your house on the outside? Uh, it's white. You can't see it from the road. Okay. Is it a house or a mobile home? It's a house. Okay. And what is your name? My name is Alex Murdoch. Okay. Did you hear anything or did you come home and find them? I've been gone. I, I just came back. Okay. And was anyone else supposed to be at your house? No, ma'am. Please hurry. We're getting somebody out there to you. Okay, what is her name? Maggie, Maggie and Paul. Maggie is her name? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And please hurry. Uh, we're getting somebody out there 
hear me asking you these questions, don't slow them down, okay? And you sure they're not breathing? Is he moving at all, your son? I know you said that she was shot, but what about your son? <laughs> Nobody. They're not even one of them moving. What is your telephone number? And does anything look out of place? Ma'am, not, not particularly, really, no, ma'am. Okay. Are they close, ma'am? Yeah, they're, they've been in route with you ever since you've got on the phone with me. I have multiple people coming out there to you. Okay. I don't want you to touch them at all, okay? I don't I don't know if you've already touched them, but I don't, I don't want you to touch them just in case they can get any kind of evidence, okay? I, I already touched them trying to get a, um, to see if they were breathing. Okay. Well, I, I just don't want you to move anything just in case they can get any kind of evidence, okay? You know, folks, when um, this is approximately a year ago, he was just charged with the murder of his wife and his son, which was the, the uh, audio tape from this. And one of the things he said which I thought was very strange at the time, was about a year ago, he said, my wife and son are shot very badly. Who would say that? Who would say that? Also, his wife and son were shot with a different rifle. Each was shot with a different rifle. And for a very long time, none of the evidence um, was being released by the police. Uh, I think it's South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, SLED, it's known as. But now some evidence has been released. And at, when this first occurred, his attorney said he has an ironclad alibi. He's got his cell, his cell phone putting him, you know, 10 miles away, 15 miles away, whatever it was. Well, that turns out not to be true. In addition, he has what's called blood spatter, S-P-A-T-T-E-R blood spatter on his clothing, which is consistent with, there's three types of blood spatter, low, medium, and high velocity uh, blood spatter. And of course, he had high velocity blood spatter because it was caused by a gunshot wound. So the speed that a, uh, a projectile moves at causes the blood um, spatter to be very small particles and spread out. So he had that on his clothing. So there's some other uh, really strong physical evidence. In addition, that ironclad alibi he allegedly had, uh, they're pulling back on that. I don't think they have an ironclad uh, alibi. Also, it, it's been proven that the son's name was Paul and the wife's name was Maggie. They were shot with a different weapon, which means they were shot uh, separately not together, obviously, he couldn't fire two guns at the same time. But the guns belong to the Murdoch family. I mean, everything about this, if you read in the, um, on the slide that was on the screen, he's being charged with 81 different counts. So his criminal activity goes back 
and um, they had a, um, a housekeeper, last name was Satterfield, and she fell in the house and died. And supposedly she received three or four million dollars on a wrongful death, glorious Satterfield. And Alec Murdoch stole that money. Unbelievable, right? His son, Paul, who was killed in the incident with his mother, he was involved in a boating accident where he was driving a boat intoxicated and a young woman was killed during that boating accident. So the Murdoch family was facing heavy-duty lawsuits. They also had a young man from years ago, last name was Smith, who allegedly was killed potentially by someone in the Murdoch family. So you could see this whole case is convoluted, and a lot of it is pointing back to Alec Murdoch. His name is pronounced Alec, even though it's spelled A-L-E-X, which would be Alex. So we're going we're gonna to stay on this case because it's fascinating. It's a fascinating case. And it seems that even his attorney may be implicated in this. Uh, so it's just, it's just incredible. It's just incredible. And when you look at even the history of the Murdoch family, they, they basically controlled this area of South Carolina. They were um, the district attorney of, of this area of South Carolina, even though they called it something different. I'll give you a little a short history on them uh, in this slide here. Gained international attention and prompted multiple documentaries and podcasts. We have been covering every twist and turn of this story and continuing our coverage this afternoon, Blair Sable with our sister station in the Low Country. It's been a little over a year since Maggie and Paul Murdoch were found dead at a family home here in Colleton County on June 7th, 2021. Now, since then, the state has remained relatively tight-lipped about Alec Murdoch's involvement, if any, up until this morning when those indictments came down. And while the proceedings that happened here at this courthouse this morning remain secret, as is the case with most grand jury proceedings, it does mean now that there is enough evidence to move forward with a case against Murdoch. He is facing two counts of murder and two counts of possession of a firearm during a violent crime for the deaths of his late wife, Maggie, and his son, Paul. The indictments read that with malice aforethought, he shot and killed Maggie with a rifle and his son with a shotgun. Details about how the state connected Murdoch, though, were not released. A statement from his lawyers read, Alec wants his family, friends, and everyone to know that he did not have anything to do with the murders of Maggie and Paul. He loved them more than anything in the world. It was clear from day one that law enforcement and the attorney general prematurely concluded that Alec was responsible. They're now filing a motion for a speedy trial and requesting that the attorney general's office turn over all evidence within the next 30 days. In Colleton County, I'm Blair Sable. And we have continuing coverage right now. At one time, the Murdoch family, one of the most powerful and influential families here in South Carolina. And we fast forward to today where Alec Murdoch has really changed all of it. Cody wanted to add some additional information too. Yeah, that bond hearing for Murdoch will be on Wednesday of next week. So much more on that yeah. coming up. But right now you just heard Tori talking about mm -hmm. the family history and how right. Alec Murdoch has really changed their dynasty in this state. Mm -hmm. And here's our morning anchor, Margaret Ann Carter, taking a closer look at the Murdoch family history. For more than a hundred years, the Murdochs have been practicing law in the low country. 
Randolph Murdoch Sr. graduated from the University of South Carolina's law school, starting a law office in Hampton County back in 1910. In 1920, he became solicitor of the 14th District, covering Allendale, Colleton, Hampton, Beaufort, and Jasper counties. The solicitor oversees the prosecution of criminal cases in the district. He died in a train wreck in 1940. He was then succeeded by his son, Randolph Buster Murdoch Jr., and served the district from 1940 to 1986 when he retired. Randolph Randy Murdoch III then took office as solicitor for the same district as his grandfather and father in 1986. He retired 20 years later to go into the private practice. The Murdoch family firm created by Randolph Murdoch Sr. continued to grow, and all three of the Murdochs helped in running the office. Alec Murdoch joined the family firm in the 90s after graduating from USC Law School, just like all of the lawyers in his family. He also volunteered at the solicitor's office. Alec Murdoch was arrested in September of 2021, charged with fraud. And in January of 2022, Murdoch's name was dropped from his former law firm, which is now known as Peters, Parker, Eltsroth, and Detrick. They continue to practice with most of the same high-profile lawyers. The firm has won national recognition, including being ranked by U.S. News and World Report. The Murdoch saga has gained. You know, folks, this is an unbelievable story, this whole Murdoch saga. Um, even from the beginning, when Phil and I covered it, we were saying this is going to be like a TV movie or a series. It's just so much going on here. Kim Allison, thank you so much for the $10 super sticker. Very much appreciated. Um, so when we saw this, we were like, this is almost too much. Like, we've everyone's heard that old adage, uh, truth is stranger than fiction. It certainly is. It certainly is, especially in a case like this, that you cannot believe all the stuff that's happened here. Just incredible that this much stuff and then when they go back to just besides the people that have been murdered the embezzlement of funds the stealing they haven't even scratched the surface on that this law firm could have been stealing money from people for decades but that's how powerful they were you know just unbelievably powerful folks you know this is real crime stories police officers got real crime stories again if you're not subscribed, go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Give us the thumbs up and ring that bell, you know. Uh, we're going to be covering all kinds of different stories as we move forward, but I'm going to keep going back to this story because it is quite fascinating. It's a tremendously fascinating story. And I don't know if you guys uh, in the chat, this is the first uh, you've been listening to this, but... It really is a totally fascinating story. Guys, uh, I've been on the air almost an hour. I did an earlier show, too, for my backyard beverage, bitching with Bill, coffee with Cannon, whatever you want to call it. And some of you same folks that are here right now were, were uh, at the earlier show. I want to thank you guys for all your support. And uh, have a great day today. It's beautiful outside. And I'll see you soon. God bless. So just sitting in the